Hello. We are so excited that you've decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook and YouTube under Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street in Burgall, North Carolina. The zip code is 28425. If you'd like to give a donation, you can simply go to our website at mtdm.org and click on that donation button. God bless you. Have been crucified with Christ. And so you will get all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise through this teaching on today. And I thank you, God, for saturating your atmosphere, this atmosphere with you. God, I bind, God, every spirit of weariness in this place in Jesus' name. And I thank you that the joy of the Lord on today is our strength. I thank you that we can do all things through Christ which strengthen us, God. I thank you, God, that you are a healer. So, God, I thank you that your healing is being released in this place. By Jesus' stripes, we were already healed. Thank you for restoration in this place. And God, I thank you for the blood of Jesus. I thank you for what the blood has done. God, for us, the blood has saved us. The blood has healed us. The blood has redeemed us. The blood has justified us. The blood has reconciled us. God, we thank you for the blood. So we cannot forget about the precious blood of Jesus on today. So God, we just thank you and glorify you, God. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hallelujah. If you would, open your Bibles to the book of Zephaniah. To the book of Zephaniah. And I'll give you a little bit to get there. Zephaniah. We're going to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say unto us on today. And I believe the Lord has a word for his people. Zephaniah, the first chapter, I'll be reading from verse 12 through verse 13. Zephaniah, the first chapter, verse 12 through verse 13. And I'm reading out the expanded Bible, so my, it may sound a little different from King James or whatever you have. And the word of God now reads, At that time, I, the Lord, will search Jerusalem with lamps. I will punish those who are satisfied with themselves, meaning complacent or entrenched in sin, who think the Lord won't help us or punish us, do good or evil. Their wealth will be stolen, plundered, and their houses destroyed, ruined, laid waste. They may build houses, but they will not live in them. They may plant vineyards, but they will not drink any wine from them. I want to talk about stagnation in the church. I want to talk about stagnation in the church. And when we look at stagnation, it means not moving or flowing. Not moving or flowing. And when the word of God came to Zephaniah, it was talking about the people have become complacent. Meaning that they have become satisfied with themselves. Sometimes we can become so satisfied with what we're doing that we're not doing what the Lord would have us to do. And that's when you become stagnated. That's when there's no movement. There's no flowing. And sometimes we don't recognize it because it's a habit. 
We can get habits in the church. We can get habits on jobs or wherever we may be. And it seemed like it's right, but it's not right. This is why God will bring a word in the house to let us know that we're stagnated. We're not moving. We're not flowing the way God wants us to move and the way God wants us to flow. And I want to go over some things that um, help that will show you how we can be stagnated and not even realize it. We can get so comfortable with ourselves, with doing what we do, that we can become complacent, we can become stagnated. I remember when we were um, in Walkertown at the little house on the Perry, and I think Jennifer know where I'm going. <laughs> she know where I'm going. But we got so comfortable, well, at least some of us, <laughs> Well, let me back it up. I want to start when we, when we were in the house and we started out ministry. I'm telling you, God is so good because God will take you um, little by little. You know, he will elevate you. But God uh, knows your heart and how far he will take you is according to where your heart is. So we were in the house and we was having services in the house. And, you know, we got stagnated in the house because it was just us so we got used to just us being in the house or just a few people being in the house and I remember when God was letting me know to let uh, my husband and Jennifer know you know I'm gonna leave y'all in this house because it's time to come out of this house sometimes you get so stagnated you get so comfortable that that's that just becomes a part of you but we have to follow the leading of God and we can't um, follow his leading looking at us we have to follow the leading of God looking at him so we came out of the house and when we came out of the house we went into the library sometimes you can get comfortable in each place that you go into that you just don't want to move you become lazy and I believe that's what God is telling the church the church have become lazy in things that they're doing they have become stagnated meaning that I'm comfortable with what I'm doing why you want to bother what I'm doing because if it's not what God is doing you need to be bothered if it's not what God is doing, you need to be bothered. So God will continually um, move us to different locations. But the thing is, you have to have a leader that hears God and is ready to move when God will have them to move. You can't go on nobody else. You have to go on what God is saying for that particular time. And you have to go where God will have you to go. You have to go to the place God will have you to go. Don't look at nobody else. You got to look to him. So we moved to Walkertown, and it got so good in Walkertown. The place was so small. People were coming from everywhere, and it seemed like we didn't have nowhere to, to put them. And the, here we go again. Didn't want to move. I wanted to move, but Jennifer wanted to stay in Walkertown. Why mess up what we got going on here? Why don't we just stay here? Because it was like, it's more complicated. <laughs> we got to do this. We got to do that. So you can get so stagnated that you're not moving the way God wants you to move because your heart is somewhere else. It's not where God wanted to be. So we moved from that place and we went over there on Fremont. Was it Fremont? Yes. Went over there and got over there. Then you get comfortable over there. And then God is saying, okay, it's time to leave. See, you have to trust God no matter what your money say. 
no matter what the people look like. It don't matter if you have 15 or 10. Whatever God say, that's what you have to do because God know what he's doing in that season. So we moved again. And I want to tell you when you're moving based on God and not based on money, that's walking by faith and not by sight. That means that you're not stagnated. You're moving according to him, not according to you because you know it's God that's going to take care of you. So when we came in here, God still wasn't finished even in here. He ended up putting a building over there. God still ain't finished over there. God is doing what he needs to do, but he needs some people to stop being stagnated. Stop hesitating. Stop looking at yourself and look to him who's the author and finisher of your faith. So we can't base what we have based on us. We have to base everything we have on God. We cannot get so comfortable with what you have that you're not looking at God anymore. And this is what was happening with these people. These people had gotten so comfortable with themselves. Remember, God took them out of Egypt and God was taking care of them. But then they got with the mixed multitude. The mixed multitude began to complain. They began to say, look what we had when we were in Egypt. I'm paraphrasing it. So then the um, Israelites began to complain. And then when you begin to complain, you become stagnated. There's no moving. There's no flowing because you complain and you're not dependent on God. So when they did get to that land, go with me to Deuteronomy. I'm going somewhere. So I want you to pay close attention because God is bringing this message for a reason. Deuteronomy 6, 10 through 12. Deuteronomy 6, 10 through 12. So it shall be when the Lord your God brings you into the land of which he swore to your fathers to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you large and beautiful cities which you did not build. Now look at what God is saying. I'm giving you something that you did not build. So God had it already prepared for them, but they had to go to the place where God wanted them to go. Do you have situations? Do you have problems? Do you have obstacles getting to the place where God wants you to be? Yes, you will. But you have to hold on to what God is saying. You can't hold on to how you're feeling. You can't hold on to what you're seeing. So God said, I'm going to take you into this land. Then he said, to give you large and beautiful cities which you did not build, houses full of all good things which you did not fill, hewed out wells which you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant, when you have eaten and are full. Listen at this. Then beware, lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. The church have forgotten the Lord. We have forgotten what God has done for us through his son, Jesus Christ. We have a tendency to forget because we become stagnated. We only think, some of us only think about ourselves. We don't think about what God done for us through his son. He didn't have to do it, but he did. He who knew no sin became sin for us so we could become the righteousness of God through him. See, we get complacent, we get stagnated, we get lazy because we forget every day we should bring back to our remembrance what Jesus done on our behalf. How he shed blood without the remission, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. We tend to forget. So God said, when you get into this land. When I'm giving you all of these things, do not forget me. 
Do not forget God. Have we forgotten God? Have we forgotten what God done for us when we're going through what we're going through now? See, if you forget what God has done for you, then that's how the enemy come in and have inroad in your life. So material things will stop you from moving. Some of us may have more money in the bank than we ever had. That will stagnate you because you will become so dependent on your money, on your material things, that you don't go to God no more like you used to. One thing that I have learned that people will go to God for at all times, when you're sick and feel like you're going to die, you get so humble and you begin to make promises to God and you begin to tell God, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to do it. God, if you just heal me, see, that's, that's outside of the word of God. God has already healed you. You wait till you get in a situation to ask somebody to forgive you. But when you come out of that situation, you go back into something else and you ain't looking at forgiveness no more because you're feeling better. Your money is looking better. When things don't look good on your behalf, you're ready to pour out your heart. You're ready to tell everything that you should have done that you didn't do. Come on. This is what happened. When you get so low, that's when you begin to pour out your heart. But when you have everything that you need, then you keep everything into yourself because you become proud. You become arrogant. You don't want people to know that you're going through. You don't want people to know certain things about you. But when you get so low that you need somebody, that's when you begin to pour out your heart. That's when you begin to talk to God about things. That's when you begin to say, God, I'm going to do more of this. God, I'm going to do more of that. But when you get up on your feet, God is far from it. So material things will keep you from moving. It will keep you stagnated. I remember when me and my husband were in some situations, and I'm pretty sure it was some more people in this situation. How many has been in so much debt that your credit is good, but your money can't even get you nothing else? Come on. Your debt ratio is so high, but the credit score is 800. But your debt is so high, and your money can't even help you with it, that you have to stay in that place. Until you can get out of that place, that's when you get comfortable. That's when you don't look at things no more. And the reason why you don't look at those things, I'm going somewhere because you can't get them. I'm going somewhere. Come on, we have testimonies to say, oh, I'm content with this. I'm content with that. You're content because you can't get nothing. I'm going to say it again. You get so content, you're talking about Jesus more than you ever talked about Jesus. Because you can't get nothing. But as soon as you come out of that place and you can get something, you're not stagnated no more. There's a movement going on. There's some, um, how can I put it? There's some money going everywhere. Because now you can get another credit card because you have gotten out of that place. You're not stagnant no more, right? So this is what happens in the body of Christ when it comes to God. When we feel like we don't need God no more, when we feel like, you know, I'm physically okay, my health is good, my bank account is good, my money is good, my children are good, I don't have to go into prayer like I used to. Stagnated. 
I don't have to read my word like I used to. Because everything is going well, so I can set all that aside because, you know, everything in my life is good. I'm here to tell you that's when the enemy is waiting. That's when the enemy is setting up a trap. That's when things are going on behind the scenes that you don't know nothing about. That's why you have to always be ready for what's yet to come. Don't think just because you save things is not going to happen in your life. Don't think that the enemy is not watching your weak areas. Don't think that because it's going to come a time when you cannot be stagnated. You got to keep moving at all times. Then the Lord began to tell me becoming stagnated can be because of sin. We can um, stop moving because of sin. Remember when it was Miriam and then when it was Aaron, they began to talk about Moses and Numbers the 12th chapter. They begin to talk about him because of the wife that he married. And as they begin to talk about him, God had confronted all three of them. And he had to get um, Miriam and um, Aaron scraped because they were talking against their leader, which was Moses, the one that God called. See, you can't talk against someone that God has called. See, the problem is, I'm going to get into how stagnation in the body of Christ will stop. One person will stop the body of Christ from moving when you're touching something God ain't told you to touch. So we look at Miriam and we look at Aaron and we see how they talked against Moses. And by them talking against Moses, look what happened to Miriam. She became a leper. And because she became a leper, they could not move to after seven days. They could not move. So if it's something going on in the body of Christ, it's going to stop the body of Christ from moving until that's resolved. And that's what the enemy wants. He wants the body of Christ to be stagnated. He don't want no moving. He don't want no flowing in the body of Christ because he know God is about life. He's not about death. So anything the enemy can throw out there that's dealing with sin, that's dealing with death, and we... Allow him to come in our lives and do those things. It's going to stagnate us. It's going to stop us from moving. It's going to stop us from doing what God would have us to do. When you look at um, Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 3, verse 1 through verse 3, it's talking about brothers and sisters in the past. I could not talk to you as I talked to spiritual people or people who have the spirit. I had to talk to you as I would to people without the spirit unspiritual, carnal, fleshly people, babes, infants in Christ. The teachings I give you was like milk, giving you milk to drink, not solid food, because you were not able to take solid food. You are still not spiritual. You're carnal, fleshly, living by your sinful nature because there is jealousy, envy, and quarreling, conflict, rivalry amongst you. And this shows that you are not spiritual. You are acting, living, walking like the people of the world. So this is what Paul was saying. When we have jealousy, when we have envy, when we have backbiting in the body of Christ, when we have all of these things, it represents sin. So what is it going to do in the body of Christ? It's going to stagnate the body. It's going to keep the body from flowing. It's going to keep the body from moving because these things are in the body of Christ. If you do not deal with these things, they will deal with you. It will stop the ministry. It will stop whatever God would have for you to do from moving. This is why you have to say, Lord, search me. Now, I'm not talking about searching anybody else. You need to say, search me. 
God, see if there's any wicked way in me that would keep me from, stop me from moving the way you would have for me to move. God, is there any, come on, we know if there's jealousy there. We know if there's envy there. We know if there's offense there. We know because the Holy Spirit, he's there to show us. The Holy Spirit, he's there to show us according to the word of God. He's only going to testify according to the word. So when we go to God and we ask God these things, don't think that God is not going to show you you. And when he show you these things, we have to deal with it according to the word of God so it won't deal with us. And not only us, but it's going to deal with others. If we don't deal with the fence, it's going to deal with somebody else. If we don't deal with jealousy, it's going to deal with somebody else. We know when we're jealous of somebody. When we're jealous of somebody, we're always talking about that person. We're always talking about what they should have done or what they could have done. That's jealousy. We always want what that person has. We're always coveting what other people have. We're greedy of what they have. So what we have to do is say, Lord, this is not who I am in you. This is not the way you want me to be. Those things will stop you from moving the way God would have for you to move. And God want the church. In these days and times, we don't have time to be stagnated. We don't have time to be coming against one another. We don't have that time. We're supposed to do what God tells us to do. Go to your brother. Go to your sister. If there's any art, we're supposed to be able to come together and get rid of those things that's keeping us stagnated. Because the more time we spend on those things, the less time we're spending on going out and telling people what Jesus has done on our behalf. And the enemy knows that. He don't want you ministering this life that's already on the inside of you. He don't want you ministering this gospel. He wants it to be about you. And when it's always about you, that's being selfish. It's not about us. We have been crucified with Christ. So if we've been crucified with Christ, that old way of doing, that old life, that old sin for nature, it is dead. We have a new life now that we're in Christ. We are new creatures now that we are in Christ Jesus. So sin will keep you stagnated. Sin will stop you from moving in the things of God. We have to search ourselves on a daily basis. Sometimes we get so comfortable. I'm going to say it again. When what we're doing, it don't seem like it's wrong no more. Some people get so comfortable in telling little fibs that it don't seem like a lie. Because they don't got comfortable with telling people what they want to hear. Instead of telling people the truth, so they don't know what the truth is if it it came and bit them. So we have to know that sin will stop us from moving the way that we need to move for God. God wants us to move forward. He wants to flow in the body of Christ. Now we're going to talk about separating ourselves. Whomever you hang with, unbelievers, that will stop you from moving. That will stop you from flowing. You will be stagnated by unbelievers. 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 17 says, Do not join yourselves to become partners with, being mismatched, unevenly yoked with unbelievers. See, we can't do that. And some of us say, I'm there to help them. But if it's been two, three years... And they're still doing the same thing. How are you helping them? You're becoming like them. You're sitting with them. You're talking like them. You're going where they go. You're acting like they act. So how are you helping them? 
Come on, this is what caused you to be stagnated. And you're crying out to God and you're saying, God, what's going on with me? Seem like I'm not doing anything. Seem like my ministry is not taking off. God, what's going on? And seem like it's taken a while for God to answer you because it seems like he's so far away from you. And the reason why is because of these things that you allowed to come in your life that you should have gotten rid of. So we have to separate ourselves. From unbelievers. It's okay to minister to them, but there have to be a separation from them. I remember when I was working and I had um, just gotten saved and I was excited about the Lord. And I don't know about y'all, when you first get saved, you get so excited. You feel like you can move a mountain and it feels so good. You just want to tell everybody about Jesus. And I mean, you just flowing and you just moving. But have you noticed that during those times you would try anything and know that God is who he say he is. But seem like the more you grow into Christ, the more you grow, seem like the enemy come. And seem like it seems harder then because you're growing up, right? But when you didn't know too much about him, you just dived out there like it was nothing. So I remember when I was sitting with these ladies um, on lunch and we would sit together all the time. So before I got saved, when we sat together, we watched people come in the lunchroom and we just laughed about those people. We just talked about those people. We just didn't care. Just had us a conversation. When I accepted Jesus, I remember when I was sitting at that table and they began to laugh about this one. They began to talk about how their food wasn't smelling right. It just hurt me to my heart. It hurt me to the core of my heart. And I'm like, Lord, this is not right. This is not who I am no more. And this is what I did. I only had 30 minutes for lunch. I left that crowd. I separated myself and I went somewhere else for 30 minutes to spend time with a Christian lady who knew Jesus. And we talked about Jesus for that whole 30 minutes. And I come back, I was revived. I was restored. Why? Because I separated myself from that. You cannot tell me if you have accepted Jesus and you're still hanging around unbelievers and you feel okay. Something's not right with that picture. It's no way you can hang around an unbeliever 24 seven and feel okay. Because you know there's something not right with that. Because eventually either you're going to draw them or they're going to draw you. We get too complacent when it comes to the things of this world. We're thinking that these things are okay and we're not hearing the spirit of the Lord the way we need to hear him. It is still areas in our lives that we need to work on. It's still things in our lives that we need to let go of that we're not willing to let go of because we think it's okay. The more time you spend with God, God will tell you what to let go of. He'll tell you what's not right in your life. He'll tell you what you should be doing and what you should not be doing. This is why you need that time with him. So we see that sin will stop you from flowing and moving in the things of God. We see that material things will stop you moving or flowing in the things of God. We see that hanging with unbelievers will stop you moving or flowing in the things of God. So these are some things that will stop you. Then another thing that will stop you moving is doing it yourself. Some of us think that we can do it better than God. Some of us think that we know more than God. When we look at Luke, the fifth chapter, it's talking about, so it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. Look how these people were pressing in to hear the word. These people were hungry for the word of God. 
They wanted to hear what Jesus had to say. Now, think about us, the ones that say that we are born again. How many of us press to get into the house of God? How many of us know that when we're not in the house of God, we just feel like something is missing? Come on, if you don't have that feeling, you're complacent. When you miss a Sunday and don't have a feeling or a Tuesday, a feeling like, I just need to be there. When that does not become a part of you no more, then you stagnate it. That means you don't need it no more. When you stay out of church for so long, you feel like, I don't need church no more. I don't need to be in the house of the Lord no more. That's when you know that you're stagnated. That's a sign of being stagnated. So it says that, and he saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. So see, it takes the teaching, and it takes people who want to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. You have to have an ear to hear. You have to say, Lord, I don't know what's going to come forth on Sunday, who's going to bring it, but Lord, I'm willing to hear. God, I'm willing to go from the beginning to the end, whether it's from Sunday school, whether it's from Judah, whether it's from apostle, whoever it's from, God, my heart is open and it's receptive to hear what you have to say unto me. Don't become complacent. Don't become stagnated. You have to wake up every morning and begin to give him glory and say, God, I thank you that I'm here to hear what you have to say to me on today. God, it's not about me. It's all about you. I want to do what you will have me to do. I want to see what you will have me to see so I can do what you will have me to do. God, here I am. I'm your vessel on today. This is the day, God, that you have made. I'm going to continually rejoice and be glad in it because everything you do, God is good so outside of how I feel outside of what I'm going through I'm gonna give you glory on today I'm not gonna become stagnated I'm gonna keep flowing I'm gonna keep moving because I know who you are I know too much about you to just stand here and do nothing see you can't become stagnated come on we got a house full of people that have become so stagnated that you didn't even know it. Because you get so used to doing what you do. When you get used to doing what you do, then you feel like, I'm okay. But God brings a word for his people. Why did he bring that word? Because he loves you. See, what you got to understand, you in a ministry that root up, that tear down, that build up and plant. So when God sees stagnation in the body of Christ, he's going to enlighten you on that. See, some of these things may not hit you, but it's something in there that hits you. It's something in there that God has said today that hits home. I don't know about you. See, I'm the first partaker. Anytime God gives somebody a message, he's speaking to you first. Don't leave you out of the equation. You got to always say, God, you didn't only give this message to the body. You gave this message to me as well. So, see, I was the first partaker of this message because sometimes we can get in a habit of doing something that we think is right for God, but no, it's convenient for me. I'm going to say it again. Sometimes we can get in a habit 
of doing something that we think is right for God, but it's convenient for me. I'm going to go into some things that's convenient for all of us. One of the things that we say that that's convenient is I have a certain time that I need to pray because it's convenient for me. But when is the time God wants you to stop and pray without it being convenient for you? You think you're doing something. See, we do things out of convenience. We do things out of habit and say, God, I done it. Done it for who? Stagnated, doing it yourself. So this is what was happening. Jesus told them they were pressing in to hear the word. It should be oppressed when it comes to the word of God. And the reason why sometimes it's oppressed, because the enemy don't want you to get into this word. He want to put, put everything before the word of God because he knows there's life in this word. He knows that it's gonna, this word is going to bring you healing. It's going to bring you deliverance. It's going to bring you everything that Jesus have already provided. It's already yours. But you got to get into it to know what belongs to you so you don't have to be stagnated. We're stagnated because we don't know what belongs to us. We're still out there trying to get something that God has already provided through his son. So that could stagnate you. So they pressed in. They were ready to hear the word of God. I want to ask you today, were you ready to hear the word of God? Was your heart open and say, God, I have an expectancy. Speak to my heart, God. So then it says, then he got into Simon's boat and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitude from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out. Into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Now look what Jesus did first. The word has to come first. Before you can even move a little, the word got to be first. Before you can even launch out into the deep, the word got to be first. Some of us are launching out into things without the word. And then we wonder why we get in trouble. We wonder why things are not working out because you didn't put the word first and foremost. So he told Peter, he said, now, Peter, I want you to launch out in the deep and I want you to let down your net. And this is what Peter said. But Simon answered and said to him, master, we have told all night and caught nothing. So they were doing it themselves. They told all night. They was trying to catch those fish all night. They were tolling, trying to catch fish. Think about us. The ones that's going out and we're ministering the good news, the gospel concerning Jesus Christ, concerning the kingdom of God. But nothing is happening. We're not winning souls unto the kingdom. That's because sometimes we're trying to do it. We're trying to do it our way instead of doing it God's way. So they told all night and didn't catch anything. So that's doing it yourself when you're up walking the floor all night. You're worried about that situation. You can't sit down. That's doing it yourself. Because if you're toiling all night and you can't get rest, God ain't in that. Because God give his beloved sweet sleep. I don't know about you. It's been some nights I've been toiling all night. Been asking God questions instead of resting in him. Come on, I know I ain't the only one. But that helped me to grow up in him. That helped me to trust him even the more to say, God, I can't do this. But I know that you have already done it. God, you already know the outcome. And whatever the outcome is going to be, you're going to be there for me either way. 
So God, I'm going to give you glory outside of how I feel. I'm going to give you glory outside of what's happening in my life. So he told him to launch out. He launched out and he told him he told all night. But one thing that Peter said, nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. So Peter knew what he did all night, but he had to humble himself. And this is a part that we have to do. To keep stagnation out of our lives, we got to humble ourselves before God and say, God, nevertheless, according to your word, be it unto me. So after he'd done that, it said, and when they had done this, remember, it didn't happen until they'd done what God told them to do. I'm going somewhere with this. Stagnation is in our lives and we don't see no moving or no flowing because we ain't doing what he said. We're doing what we want to do. So if something is not moving in your life the way it needs to be moving, it's because you still doing you. You ain't doing God. You doing you. You having more intimacy with you than you having intimacy with God. You still figuring out those things outside of God. You still figuring out how to please your mate. You still figuring out how to make money. You still figuring out what's best for you. And what we need to be doing is saying, God, you know what's best for me. You know what I need at this time in this hour. God, without you, I'm nothing. God, you're the vine. I'm the branch. I get all my nourishment from you. So, God, whatever I'm holding on to, God, I'm willing to let it go. I'm willing to let go of this, God, because I can't do this no more. If you're trying to make your marriage work by doing things to please that mate, you need to let that go. You need to please God first and foremost. He need to be first and foremost in your life because everything you do, you're not going to be able to please that mate. Because that mate, that mate could have issues. And if that mate got issues, no matter what you do, it's not going to help them. So what you have to do is say, I'm going to seek ye first. The kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things shall be added unto me. I want to do it God's way, not man's way. This is why there's no movement. There's no flowing because we're still trying to do it ourselves. So when they let down the net, when they done what he told them to do, it says they caught a great number of fish and, the, and their net was breaking. So when you do what God say do, you're going to get results. You're not going to get no results outside of God's word. So if you're doing something outside of God's word, you're going to be stagnated. God ain't going to allow you to move. You think you're moving, but you're not. Because if you're doing stuff outside of his word, it will not work. I'm a living witness. Everything that I did according to what he said has brought us to the place we are today. Because we're listening to him. We're hearing what he has to say and not going on which way we think we need to go. Because I realize if, if nobody else have realized this, Galatians 2.20 is no longer I who live. But it's Christ who lives in me. Because I have been, I have been crucified with Christ. And the life I now live I live according to the faith of the son of God who loved me and who died for me. So see, when God gave me that verse, see, I remember when I was going through something in my life. I was speaking the word of God faithfully 
Steady speaking the word, walking the floor, speaking the word. And then seemed like when things didn't work out like it's supposed to, I remember getting in the middle of my hall on my knees with my hands up and saying, God, what more do I need to do? I'm doing what your words say do. But God, let me know you're doing what you want to do. You're not doing it according to who you are now that you're in Christ. You've been crucified. That's when he gave me that verse and I've been saying it for years. See, sometimes people don't understand why you say what you say. Sometimes you can pick up what I say, but you don't know why I say what I say. See, people don't understand it had God had to deal with me first. He was the potter. I was the clay. See, he had to mold me and shape me. And sometimes when he was molding me and shaping me into the image he wanted me to be, I messed up the mold, y'all. I ain't going to lie. Because, see, some of those moldings and shapings, they were hurting. And I didn't want to hurt like that. I didn't want to go down like that. Come on, I know I got some witnesses. I know some people in here that didn't want to hurt like that, didn't want to let go of pride, didn't want to let go of these things that God wanted you to let go of, didn't want to let go of control. But God had to mold me into a person that even when people despised me, hated me, I still did what God told me to do. If you ain't been molded and you ain't been shaping the way you need to be, you need to sit down. If you're not going to let God deal with you, you're not going to be fit for the kingdom of God. So Simon, he did what God told him to do. And after he did it, they caught a great number of fish. But I want y'all to check this out. And their net was breaking. This was not all for Simon. This was not all for Peter. See, this is what happens. So they signaled to their partners. Come on, we're partners in the kingdom. Whatever God do for me, he's done it for you. Y'all better hear what I'm saying. Whatever God do for me, he's done it for you. Wherever God take me, he's taking you. Because God got to have a lead. He got to have an example, people. He got to, come on. Jesus was their example. Follow me as I follow Christ. Paul even said that. They had to have somebody to follow that was an example. You got to be the example. If I'm stagnated and not moving, you ain't going to move not unless you get from under me. So they signaled their partners in the other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats. Come on, we got some leaders that say, just fill mine up. I don't care if it sink. Put it all over here. It was me that went through this, not you. So you ain't deserving of all of this. See, that's not a good leader. See, because a good leader, they're going to go through not only for them, but for you too. So he said they had two boats and they came and filled both the boats. So they began to sink. Come on, y'all. Y'all know that was a lot of fish, right? When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus knees saying, depart from me for I'm a sinful man. O Lord. See, in order for Peter to see his self, 
He had to do what the word of. You ain't going to see yourself. Until you do what the word of God tell you to do. Peter couldn't see. It took the word to open his eyes for him to see what was right there in front of him. This is why we have to spend time in the word of God to see. Just because you are saved don't mean you're seeing anything. Don't mean that you have revelation knowledge. Some people go in the word to get a scripture and get happy and begin to talk about it and they ain't even what the word is saying. Because you got happy. Ooh, ooh, let me, where in the world you get that from? Because you got happy. But you got to have some revelation knowledge, which comes from the spirit. You got to have some illumination. Sometimes we can be so filled up with art that we think we got some illumination, but you got some illumination off your art. Because that's the way you wanted it to be. Because if you can't get rid of offense, your illumination is coming from you being offended. Your illumination is coming from jealousy. It's coming from all of these things that's not of God. This is why you got to say, search me. Shine the light in me. I don't want to teach you nothing outside of how I feel or what I should have dealt with. That's why we got to be searched. That's why we just can't just grab something and try to pin it on somebody. We got to ask the spirit of the Lord. Is it me? Lord, is it me? Lord, is this me? I'm seeing instead of seeing my husband. Come on, y'all. I'm just going to be honest. Being married 32 years. I try not to see me. I try to see him. Thank God for the Holy Spirit that he allowed me to see me. And it don't take long. I'm going to tell you why it don't take long. Because if you are in the presence of the Lord on a daily basis, it don't take you long to say, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have come at you that way. I shouldn't have sounded the way I sounded. That was wrong. You don't deserve that. That's on me. That ain't on you. Forgive me for that. It should not take somebody that's been saved 20 years to apologize to their husband or their wife. It should not take you two, three days. That means you stagnated. That means you're not moving. Because if it's going to take you two, three days, you don't know what could happen to them within those two, three days. And if you got a dead body in front of you, you sure can't say you sorry. So why does it take two, three days or longer to look at your mate and say, forgive me. I should not have sounded that way, even though you acting like you acting. That don't give me a right to act like I'm acting because I know who I am. How you expect to bring somebody to Christ when you treating them not the way you want to be treated? You know why? We proud. We proud. We get arrogant. Before I apologize, Jesus coming. I know it wasn't my fault, regardless if it was your fault or not. You still apologize because that's the way you're supposed to do it. You don't supposed to keep looking at that other person. You're supposed to make sure you got it right. 
Regardless if they say nothing, you do what the word of God tell you to do and it's on them. It ain't on you no more. Come on, y'all. God will raise you up. God will show you you so much. God showed me me so much before God put me behind this pulpit. Y'all, it was a shame because I thought it wasn't nothing wrong with me. I thought I was so nice. I didn't drink. I didn't cuss. I didn't do all of those things. So I thought I was okay, y'all. I was saved. I didn't do it when I wasn't saved. And then when I got saved, I still didn't do it. So I thought I was the perfect Christian. But I found out it was things in my heart that wasn't dealt with. And how God dealt with them, he dealt with it through the job that I was on. And I'm thinking that everything was okay on that job. I'm doing things accordingly. I'm doing things the right way. But when things begin to hit, everything that was swept up under the rug begin to come out of my mouth. See, through your hard times, through your situations, that's when you see you. You ain't going to see you when you got money and we can ask everybody to come on out with you and you pay for everything. You ain't going to see you when, you know, you're feeling good and you're doing the things you want to do. You ain't going to see you. But let the money start acting funny and you ain't where you need to be with the Lord. You're going to start seeing you. You're going to start seeing jealousy. Everybody going except me. Because, see, when I lost my position and had the money, it wasn't nothing for me to go out every day for lunch. But when my position, um, you know, changed and everybody was going out, I started talking about them. Why wasn't I talking about them when I had the money? I started putting them down. Look at them. Look at them going out to eat. They act like they something. Then they go get new clothes and I'm mad because I can't go buy no more clothes. Come on, God was bringing it out of me. He was showing me just how selfish I was. He was showing it to me for me to deal with it, not to leave it there. And I had to deal with every bit of it. And I thank God that he showed it to me and I dealt with it because that's how I deal with you. You cannot deal with nobody else if you can't deal with you. How you expect to deal with somebody else and you got the same issue? How can you expect somebody else to do something and you ain't doing it yourself? How can you tell somebody how to love their wife and you ain't loving your wife? How can you tell somebody how to love their husband and you ain't loving your own husband? How can you tell somebody to cook for them and you ain't cooking? Come on, being stagnated. Not moving. How can you tell somebody to come to church and you in church and don't want to be in church? Come on. So this is what's happening in the body of Christ. We get stagnated. We're not flowing. We're not moving because we get used to what we're doing. We're not allowing God to flow through us. We're doing it the way we think it needs to be done. Another thing is not fellowshipping will stagnate you. Will stop you from moving and flowing. Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. Let us think about each other. Listen at this. Let us think about each other and help each other or how to provoke, rouse, encourage each other, one another. Let us think about each other and help each other by encouraging each other. 
to show love and to do good deeds. You should not stay away. Neglect, forsake. Forsake means not to stay away. Not to stay away. Not to neglect. Not to forsake. Not to abandon. Not to desert. That's what it means. And it says, the church meetings, meeting together as some are doing. Some were abandoning Christian, Christianity and returning to Judaism. This is what this is talking about. So this is what they were saying. Don't forsake the assembly coming together. But you should encourage each other to stay faithful to Christ and to other believers. And even so more as you see the day coming, the day of the Lord, when Jesus will return. So when we come into the house of God, it's to encourage one another. It's to uplift one another. To, to keep us until the day of the coming of the Lord. When you miss coming into the house of the Lord, guess what? You get used to not being in the house of the Lord and you begin to abandon that. You begin to say, oh, I'll watch online. Online ain't like being in the house. Because you cannot reach out to someone. You cannot get before someone and encourage them. Come on. They can't join in. You know you could do it online, but it's not the same. So we don't want to forsake our assembling together. We don't want to neglect that. And you shouldn't feel guilty if you come all the time and you do miss. No, you shouldn't. But I don't know about you. When I'm not here, I feel like I left something behind. I feel like, man. See, that's where your heart is. Wherever your heart is. Your body is going to follow. So we don't, um, being stagnated, meaning that there's no flow, there's no movement. You can be stagnated by not fellowshipping. It's so many people since this pandemic that got so used to watching online. And by the way, they're all over the place. They can check out this, check out that, and then they become confused and don't know the difference no more. So we need to not be um, not fellowship and we need to come together as much as possible to encourage one another to lift each other's up everybody up churches that I want to talk about this we have churches that are full and they think that they're moving but they're not they're stagnated just because they have a crowd of people some people think you got to have a crowd to say God is doing what he's doing but I beg you to differ God can do what he want to do with one, two, three people. God can still move. God can still flow the way he need to flow. I'm a living witness. God will come in a miracle temple. You have a house full. Sometimes you won't have a house full. That don't mean that God ain't doing what he need to do. So we, as long as we're doing what God tell us to do, God is doing what God needs to do. You don't have to see a whole crowd of people to say God is doing something because you can have a whole crowd of people and they ain't about God. So when we look at Revelations 3, verse 1 through verse 3, it says, With this, write this to the angel, the messenger of the church in Sardis. It says, The one, the resurrected Jesus who has seven spirits. Now it says here in, I don't want to miss none of this. I want to get to this part. People say you have a name, a reputation that you are alive, but you're really dead. This church, people were giving it a name, saying this church was alive, but they were really dead. 
Wake up. Strengthen what you have left before it dies completely or which is about to die. I have found that what you are doing is less than what my God wants. Your works are incomplete, unfulfilled before my God. So do not forget. Remember what you have received and heard. Obey it and change your hearts and live and and lives. Repent. So you must wake up. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know when I will come to you. This church looked like it was alive, but it was dead. So everything you see on Facebook that looked like they got it going on don't mean they got it going on. It could be a dead church. That church is stagnated. They're not moving. Why are they not moving? Because God ain't in the movement. He's not in the flow. You can have people with the instruments. You can have people with, you know, everybody on the choir, the praise, dances, the pray. You can have them everywhere, but that don't mean they're moving. They can still be stagnated. That's why you have to be in the spirit. You cannot join every movement because it looked good, because everything that's good ain't God. That's why you got to know about the spirit. You got to know about what the spirit would have for you to do and how he would have for you to do it. Everybody that speak the word don't mean they're about God's business. Everybody that say they have illumination and revelation don't mean they have illumination and revelation. Everybody that speaks so well don't mean they're speaking on God's behalf. You have to know the difference. You have to know what God wants you to do and how he wants you to do it. And when he wants you to do it and where he wants you to do it. And I'm going to tell you, I just love the Lord because in ministry, people think that ministry is just coming behind the pulpit with the title. People think ministry is just having a title and saying, I'm this and I'm that. No, it's not about that. Ministry is humbling yourself first and foremost. It's saying that, Father, it's not about me. It's about you. You chose me. I didn't choose this. You have to understand that whatever God put in your hands, God will help you to carry out what he has given you, but you have to allow him to lead. You can't be the one that's leading. You have to say, God, you show me how you want this, and that's what I'm going to do. And see, some people don't understand ministry because God has called all of us to something. And whatever he has called you to do, you need to stay in your lane. Because if you get in my lane, you're going to get run over. Because you ain't been where I've been. You ain't done what I've done. You ain't seen some of the things that I've seen. You ain't given up what I have given up. So you're going to get run over. It takes more than just going in the word and pulling out a scripture and giving it to somebody. Now you got to live what you're saying before you say it. Hmm. So we see that this church was thinking they were alive, but they were actually dead. And sometime, church, we can think that we're alive, but we're actually dead. We can think that we're doing something for the Lord, but we're actually doing it for us. See, when you do things truly for the Lord, you're going to go through something. And if you're not ready to go through something, you need to sit down. Because for 22 years, me and my husband have had some rocky roads. Physically, financially, spiritually, 
emotionally, all of it, all of it. And you wouldn't know not unless God told you. So this is why I say God don't want stagnation in the body of Christ. God want movement. In spite of what you're going through, God still want movement. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? In spite of how your situation may be, God still want movement. Ministry for 22 years, I couldn't afford to be stagnated. Even when I wasn't feeling my best, I had to keep moving. I had to keep encouraging. I had to keep praying for people even when I wasn't feeling my best. But I kept doing what God wanted me to do because I knew God was taking care of me. Even when my finances didn't look right, I kept giving. Even when the church finances didn't look right, we didn't take from the church what could have been given to us. Why? Because we weren't going to be stagnated. We want to trust God with what we have to say, God, this is your ministry. God, this is your ministry. These are your people. What are you willing to give up for God? You can't stop moving just because somebody don't like you. Because somebody's talking about you. Because you got haters. If they hated Jesus, they're going to hate you. So don't be stagnated. Don't let things stop you from doing what God has called you to do. Problems will come, but you got to know that God has already worked them out. We need to stop trying to figure something out and say, God, I thank you that you have already worked it out. God, you have already fixed it. This is why you can't join up with any and everybody. Just because somebody said they know the word don't mean they know the word. You have to watch as well as pray. You have to watch the lives that people live before you team up with them to get prayer from them. You got to see how they're standing through their situations before you grab on to people. All of my life, the one that I have always grabbed hold to was God. When God raised me up and told me, and he hurt my heart, (laughs) I was a prophet chaser. Just give me a word, Lord. I would get that word. I'd be so happy. But then after a day, that word gone. Then I get right back down in the pits again. I wasn't moving no more. With that word, I felt happy. felt like I could just do anything. All of a sudden, I die back down like a battery. That battery was dead. So I needed another word. And one day, the Lord said, he sent this lady, a prophet, and said, God said, you won't be getting no more word from nobody. I said, the devil is alive. From that day, I stayed in my word. I stayed before God. And I said, God, if you can't do this, nobody will. So all of my problems and all of my troubles, I go to God. I don't go to nobody but God. Don't even go to this man. If this man knows something is wrong with me, y'all, he knows. But he don't bother me. Because I take it to the father and I leave it there and say, God, you're my answer. God, you said, if I call on you, you will answer me. You will show me great and mighty things that I don't know. So I have called on you and I know you have already answered me. So God, I give you glory. I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I know God, I trust you with it. I trust you with it because you are God. Then when God allowed me To make connections. See, God don't connect you with any and everybody. 
you got to be careful who you connect him with. I'd rather connect with the person that will rebuke me quick, fast, in a hurry than with somebody that's going to agree with me and know I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me what the word says. Don't leave me out there like that. Don't allow me to fall in no ditch. Tell me the truth. Even though you tell me and I don't like it, tell me anyway. That's a person who truly have the heart of God. I'm going to tell you what God is saying. You can do with it whatever you want, but I done told you. And then you leave it alone. And that's all you can do. God does not want us stagnated. He wants us to move forward in the things of God. He has equipped us with everything that we need. No matter what comes up, we can get through it. Because we have the power. Of God on the inside of us. We have a river of living water that's flowing on the inside of us. So whatever comes up, that river will come out of us and it'll flow in either direction that it need to flow in. So we need to learn how to call on him at all times. Don't wait till something happen. Y'all, it's so much complacency in the body of Christ. How do I know? Because in and everything is coming into church. And people are, it's normal. They're letting everything come into church and it's normal. They think it's okay. They're letting all of this sin come into church. And I was listening to one pastor and they were asking him about sin. And he would talk directly on this, on sin. He said, I have all kind of religions in my church. Say I have all kind of religions in my church. And they said, you don't mind going to um, gay weddings? No. Got a best friend that's a gay. I went to their wedding to support them. I think it's okay. I'm an encourager. I encourage people. I don't put them down. That's my ministry. So they got a house full of different religions coming in. We have, but there should be a change. There should only be one God. But this is what he believed and he has followers. And I believe it might be some of you. If I call a name, but I'm not calling no name. So you better know who you following. You better know who you getting advice from. It may sound uplifting, but it's something behind that uplifting. Because anybody who allows sin in the church mixed multitudes and not preaching truth. That's why you preach truth. Because if it's in the church, it can't stay in there. It's going to have to leave. The word is going to either draw you or drive you. So that's why when you get behind this pulpit, you don't look at friend. You don't look at mother. You don't look at father. You look to Jesus. And whatever Jesus tells you to say, you say it. You don't worry about who's in the congregation because when I stand before him, I want him to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. I can't worry about who's out there. I have to do what God has called me to do. He wants us to speak truth in love. Speak truth in love. So it's a lot of ministers out there that's trying to bring in people for the money's sake because they done built this empire. They done built this tower of Babel where they're trying to reach heaven. But all of these towers of Babel is going to get torn down. 
Why? Because God is raising up the people who's going to stand outside of what the world is doing. He's raising them up and they're coming forth quick, fast, and in a hurry. So I want to tell you in this ministry, I don't know if people ever heard me always say this, keep it moving. We're going to keep it moving. We're going to keep it moving. We're not going to be stagnant. We're going to keep it moving. So whatever happens, we keep it moving. Me and my husband keep it moving. When the money don't look right, we keep it moving. Why? How do we keep it moving? Because we trust in the Lord with all our hearts. We lean not to our own understanding. We acknowledge him in all our ways and he direct our path. We keep it moving. We don't allow money to stop us from coming in here every Sunday. We don't allow whatever's going on in our lives to stop us from coming in here on Sundays. Why? Because I don't want to be stagnated. I want to keep it moving for God. We got too many things that's going on in our lives that's keeping us stagnated, that's keeping us from God. So how do we overcome the stagnation? Spending time with God. The more time you spend with God, the more intimate you get with God, the more you want to be with him. The more you want to do what he's doing. And then you want to spend time. If you spend time with God, you're spending time with the word. Because he is the word. So if you're spending time more with someone or something, you're stagnated. More than you with God, you are stagnated. You're not moving. Just because you come to church on Sundays or on Tuesdays or wherever, that don't mean you're moving for God. Because if you're not in the word and the word is not in you, you are stagnated. And staying in fellowship. Spending time with God will keep you in the word of God and will keep you in fellowship. Spending time with God will keep you in the word of God and will keep you in fellowship. If you got too many other priorities that are before God, you are stagnated. If you're trying to figure out a way to get things done outside of God, you are stagnated. If you're putting your husband, your children, your dogs, your cats, your job before God, you are stagnated. You're not moving because you're not trusting God. That's having idols. And if you're trying to pray to God to ask God to fix something in your life, but you're not willing to let go, Or what you need to let go of, you are stagnated. Because God is not, cannot help you outside of you. You got to let go of you. When you're willing to let go of you, you can see the movement of God. You have to let go of you, your plans. You have to say, God, whatever your plan is for me. Whatever you will have me to do. Whatever the purpose. You know the plan you have for me, Father. You have plan of good and not evil. A hope and a future. So, Lord, I want that plan that you have for me, not what I want. God, what you want for me. You got to be willing to lay down that life. You got to be willing to lay down your life and pick up that cross and follow him. You got to be willing to let everything go and truly trust God and say, God, I don't know. But you know all things. When you look into the word of God, when you see the prophets When you see the priest, when you see all of these people, they had to let go of themselves. When that priest stood before God on the behalf of the people, he had to let go of himself. It wasn't about him no more. Just like Jesus didn't make it about him. He looked at us. 
That's what love does. Love look outside of you. It look at other people and love see what those other people need outside of you. And when you do it God's way, you miss nothing. 22 years with me and my husband doing it God's way, we miss nothing. We have done nothing but gain. Gain. We have not asked for anything, as I recall. I don't think I have called Terry Branch and said, Terry, I need your help. I need for you to wire this amount of money, quick, fast, and in a hurry. I don't think I've done that. I don't think I have called anyone in this church and asked for anything. Why? Because when you know him, when you know him, he already know what we were in the need of before we asked. So that's why we try not to get out of his will, his way of doing in our lives, not trying to go out and do something outside of him. We have to say, God, is it time for this? This ministry have had many opportunities, TBN, um, another network to get on, invited to come on, could have been TBN or another one. The word, I turned it down. The reason why I turned it down, because that ain't what God told me to do. See, everything that's offered to you don't mean you take it. Because if it's not God's will for you, you can get up there and spend all that money and you ain't done nothing. It ain't God, it's you. So my way of living and doing is God's way. And that's how we're going to roll and that's what we're going to do. So come out of stagnation. If God has ministered to you today of being stagnated, it's not too late for you to come out. It's time for us to look at these areas in our lives that we have become stagnated in. Get into the word. Let the word get into you. Don't make it a habit. Don't make it something like a habit. When, when I get into the word of God, it's a joy. It's just, ooh, Lord, thank you for your word. I just love the word. And without the word, I feel like something is missing. I want more and more of the word. I want daily feelings. I want to be filled on a daily basis. I want that river to go out to the nations. I want to be able to have what I need to give the people. I don't just want to get up here and just throw a bone. I want to make sure it's what God know that the people need. And I don't want to get up here in hate. I don't want to get up here in offense. I don't want to get up here in jealousy. I want to make sure that my heart is right before the Lord because I have the heart of God. And see, when you are stagnated and you're not moving, it's because you're not in the word. You're not spending time with God. So if I bring something to you, you might not receive it. People that are stagnated have a hardened heart. Their heart has become hardened and it has become callous and you begin not to hear what God is saying to you. It doesn't excite you no more. So what we need to do is ask God, God, am I stagnated? God, am I putting things before I put you? God, I, does, I do not want that to happen in my life. So let's come out of stagnation. Amen. 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 I want to... Um, let apostle do some um, stats. When I was mentioning about how so many churches may have a lot of people coming in, and I can tell you, Miracle Temple. Wasn't that an inspiring message? 
Thanks for listening to the end. Join us every Tuesday for Bible study and every Sunday for service. We're looking forward to hearing from you as well. Feel free to reach out to us via the website at www.mtdm.org. God bless you and we'll see you next time.